0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to New Consciousness Review. I'm Miriam Knight, and our guest today is Jared Hewitt, the best-selling author of Love, Life, God, The Journey of Creation, as well as the co-author with Dee Wallace of the number one international bestseller, The Big E, Everything is Energy. He's a gifted healer and an amazing channel whose books are filled with humor and insight. Through his work, he seeks to help others reconnect with their own inner guidance, wisdom, and peace. Welcome, Jared. I'm so pleased you could join us.
1: Oh, thank you for having me on, Miriam. I'm I'm delighted to be here today.
0: Jared, I love your motto, expansion of personal awareness in the evolution of planetary awareness. Oh, sorry, expansion of personal consciousness in the evolution (laughs) of planetary awareness.
1: That's a pretty good one, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, Consciousness is my middle name.
1: Yeah, I, um, yeah, I think that's been kind of the name of the game, so to speak. It's all about raising our consciousness and, you know, loving each other and having a good time and, and just really figuring out who and what we are and then sort of taking it from there. And once you do that, it opens up a whole new world that's just a fun place to be.
0: You started expanding your consciousness as a child. How did that affect your childhood?
1: Uh, it was an interesting childhood, for sure. Um, my uh, roots are um, Midwestern and sort of very uh, evangelical, conservative, um And so it was interesting, coming from the perspective that I I chose to have then, um, but I I didn't realize I was choosing, of course, back then, but I could could see things, I could read energy, I could see, uh, you know, people, um, I could see things that other people couldn't, and uh, I didn't really have a frame of reference to understand that, and at the time, my only frame of reference was religion, really. And uh, depending on who I spoke to, um, you know, one person would say, oh, you know, that means you're this, and another person would say, no, 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 that means you're this, and you should not be that, that's bad. <laughs> and um, so it really, um, I really had quite a devotion to that for a long time. I, I really kind of enjoyed the story of what it was like um, being in that kind of, that place in that story. And through that, I kind of really started shutting down my own heart. And as I shut down my heart and shut down who I kind of authentically was, because I I started to believe that that was just wrong, that was bad. I was inherently, there was some kind of flaw in me from the start. You know, I I looked at it kind of as um, maybe I wasn't supposed to be that way, and maybe I was somehow breaking some sort of sacred divine law by, you know, doing what I could just naturally do. And so I really started shutting down my heart and shutting down who I was. And as I did that, I just became not only more and more unhappy, obviously, but I by the time I was uh, 20, I was in and out of the emergency room uh, quite often. Um, I was carrying around a heart monitor. So, I mean, it, it actually literally manifested as physical um, ailments with my own heart, which wow. as I began opening back up and clearing some belief systems and kind of getting some of that clutter out and realigning, um, you know, and that was all about 15 years ago, and, and I've been completely fine ever since. Um, so it's just interesting to see the relationship between your thoughts, your beliefs, your own—literally your own—energy, and how that you know how that starts physically manifesting, and, and what that creates in your in your body and in your physical world. Um, but having that childhood, I think also led me to start questioning things that I was told. I mean, I didn't I didn't fully question them um, until a little bit later in life.
2: Mm-hmm. But had
1: I not um, been able to see and kind of do and had that own kind of inner dialogue and that inner knowing that was so different from the environment i was in um i don't think i would have ever broken out of that mold i think it actually was a great blessing because it it created within me the ability to go wait you you guys are all saying this but nobody's actually living this way and nobody's doing this stuff and i'm kind of doing some stuff here that you know is good good work <laughs> and <I'm happy. laughs> and and it talks you know If I ask this guy, you know, this is a gift, and if I ask this person, it's a curse, but the person telling me it's a curse isn't living a very happy life, and they're kind of not treating people well, and they're not, you know, loving each other and loving, you know, God, source, the universe, whatever you want to call it. So it just started to get me to question, and those questions eventually got me to where I'm at today.
0: That is so fascinating on, on a number of levels. I mean, one is that evangelicals, as you say, um, they're the ones who uh, accept speaking in tongues as a natural kind of religious phenomenon.
1: Yeah, so, well, the funny thing is, I, I don't know if you're familiar, if you've ever heard of, there are a few people who who do it um on on shows and things like that, and i have written books about the language of light and things like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. And
1: it it, it sounded very much like that, and I've always been able to do that, and I've always been able to understand it. And so that that was, it was such an interesting collapse in my own belief system, because literally, I had some of these messages going, oh my, you know, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and you can do these things, and you're a prophet. And then I had other people going, no, 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 you're evil. There are, you know, there are literally demons in you, and we need to get these things out. And it was just such an interesting, and then I finally just kind of came to this point, and I thought... You know, it it was it was kind of just that realization of these people don't know, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It was just it was it was nobody can know for you but you. You're the only person who can know, and that was a really freeing thing for me.
0: So many people are are coming out, if you will, with um, descriptions of how. They saw energies and had imaginary playmates and so on. Uh-huh. It's, it's like people who are, are reporting their experiences like you are giving them permission to uh, kind of validate, you. um, in, in retrospect what they experienced as children.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I mean, I, I love that because it really does. Ah, oh, you got my heart moving. <laughs> you got me with that one. Um, it, it really does feel that way. I, I remember I was talking to a friend, um, this has probably been five or six years ago, and we were just talking about something, and, and we, I, he, had just, he was writing, working on a project, and I was talking about doing something else, writing something, and he said, well, instead of doing that, what if you wrote the book that you wished somebody else would have given you when you were a teenager? What if you wrote Ooh. the book you wished somebody else would have given you in your 20s? And I just thought, Oh, wow. I mean, it, was, it hit me on so many levels because I thought to be able to do that, not only I feel like it's, it's a, an exploration of my own consciousness, but how cool would it have been to have had permission? How cool would it have been to feel validated? How cool would it be on this journey to feel supported and loved? And it was like, wow, if I can contribute to that, that is absolutely what I want to do.
0: And so what was the book that you wrote? Love, Life, God?
1: That's the book. <laughs> That's the one that came out. <laughs> Love, life, God, the journey of creation, yeah. Oh.
0: Uh, your mission, so, uh, your stated mission is helping others live an ascended life. So, yeah. what does ascension mean to you?
1: Well, it's funny, I it, it, this being 2012, um, that topic comes up quite a bit. And uh, I've had some interesting questions about, you know, what people expect me to say. And then when I say things, they're always like, "Oh, oh, well, that was... That, was, that, that makes sense but it's simple um, ascension to me is not uh, well I'll tell you what it is ascension to me is basically it's expansion it's expanding into all that you are and when I say all that you are I don't mean this kind of ethereal ooh yay I'm floating in the clouds kind of thing even though as you know sometimes when you're channeling and doing things and you're, you're really tapped into all that you are it can feel that way but to me ascending and living the ascended life is really about being able to live all of that in the moment of now and being able to unyoke yourself from all of the limitation and the sort of self-imposed, whether it's through religion or whether it's through sort of societal contracts or politics or however that looks, but those self-imposed limitations that keep you from really knowing your true identity and your true authentic nature as source. And so living the ascended lifestyle is all about really raising your vibration and living every kind of joyous moment uh, that you wanted to live and be able to experience that in a truly divine and loving way here and now.
0: Bless, bless Eckhart Tolle's heart. The <laughs> the now moment has taken on a life of its own. And yeah. I'm not sure that most of us really understand what that means. What does that mean to you, living in the now?
1: Well, yeah, I'll, I'll give you... Um, <laughs> it means it's so funny because you asked that question and I'll give you a simple answer, but it's like it opened up this whole <laughs> box of possibilities and I think in a way that that is what the now moment is, you know, I talk in the book about um, we get a little quantum physics and a little woo-woo about time and space, you know, are just an illusion and all that exists is the moment of now and everything that has ever existed and and I, I don't think I say it in this book, but I, I've mentioned it before and people go, wait, that's mm, that's a biblical term and I say yes and that's in you know, there's it's in almost every religion about the idea of the beginning and the end, the alpha and the mega you know, all being known to that that greater source consciousness. If people believe it's outside or whatever it is, and my take on that is that all that exists exists outside of time and space and exists in the moment of now, and all that exists is able to be tapped into, whether that is uh, an experience for you, whether that is, um, however that that looks, it's the moment of now. So as far as consciousness goes. All that you are is available to you right now. Now, as far as living in the moment of now, what that means is it's kind of like coming to that blank page where you've put down all of your stories, you've put down all of your limitations, you're literally kind of, um, you're ready to, instead of recreate, just simply create. You're living in the moment, you're, you're kind of in that beautiful dance with, with all that you are in the greater sense, nature, the universe, source, and you're literally able to just create. Whatever you want, but you're also able to stay present with it. You're not, you know, worried about what's going to happen in the future. You're not dwelling on something that's happened in the past. And you're not plugged into any kind of other, um, whether it's a belief system or whether it's just a judgment of how things are supposed to look. All of those things are in a balanced, harmonious state with who you are and where you're at right now. You've kind of shed all of that. So you're literally able to just be here and be present. And it's such an interesting feeling. I remember literally the first time I ever got really, really present, um, I almost felt a little loopy. And I remember I, I had a friend who I was working with at the time, and he said, well, that's why they call it a present. You're, you know, it, It's a gift, and here you are, and that's what it feels like. You're actually, he said, literally, I'm kind of watching your energy body start to come in and acclimate. And he said it does. It kind of catches people off guard because it, you have your, your senses become so much more heightened, and you kind of, everything becomes fun, and you, it's just this whole new state of awareness. By like just simply being present.
0: That is very beautifully articulated. Um, oh, good I, was, <laughs> oh, I hope that made sense. <laughs> um, you talk about creating in the moment, yeah, and yeah. your your book, uh, The Big E. Um, says that everything is energy. Can can you focus a bit on the act of creation and our on our roles as creators?
1: Oh wow! You're gonna <laughs> don't, don't, don't save the hard stuff for last. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> um, we we joke <laughs> in the biggie. That was kind of um. That's the book that D Wallace and I wrote together. Um, that was um, well, it is. it's a, it's a very humorous look at the creation process and. and one of the things that we say is, you know, everything from, uh, you know, you to the, the desk that I was sitting at while I was riding to, you know, our cars, everything is energy in that everything is, uh, it's got an energetic makeup. There's a frequency, there's a signature to it. Whether you look at it at the molecular level, um, you know, protons, neutrons, whatever that is, we tend to look at things as, okay, that is an inanimate object, this is an animate object, but when you get down close enough, to, uh, on whatever microscopic level you're looking, everything actually has an animation to it. Everything is moving. Everything has particles. There's actually space between everything. And if you take that uh, to a bigger place, because there's space everywhere, that means, well, everything is actually connected, because there's not actually space. That space is actually filled with that connected material, um, which, you know, you can call it energy, you can call it source you can call it the universe whatever you want but it's all connected so if we pull that back to look at us and look at our own energy fields but go into our own i describe us as kind of a field of energy living within another field of energy within another field of energy and really all of those fields are connected and one of those uh quote fields that i would talk about would be the thought field um and the things that you think and literally Uh, You you know, people are aware that, you know, you can put little electrodes on your head and if you're stressed out, the needle will go one way and if you're having a blissful moment, it'll go kind of another way. And that's literally reading an energetic signature that you're giving off and the whole universe is composed of energy and so as you start to, it's kind of the idea of like vibrations all dancing around and think of it almost like a light switch in in your field. When you think a certain thought, you literally turn that switch on and it whoop, beams out this little light to the universe. And the universe goes, oh, okay, that's, whoop, that's that's how the universe knows what to send you. And so wherever you're resonating, whatever you're offering via those thoughts, and the thoughts are also reflections of how you're feeling. It's just kind of the total cumulative sum of your vibration. And whatever that vibration is, that's what shows up in your life. So by changing the way you think and by consciously choosing the feelings and consciously choosing the moments, you're literally, I mean, it, it, you're literally, I started to say manipulate, but it's not a manipulation. It's literally a creation. You're able to literally slip into that space in the universe where literally you can change your own vibration and start to change and create uh, accordingly. So life begins to show up. I mean, life always shows up according to where you're at, but you actually become aware of it. And usually during that process, people start to notice things that are called synchronicities. And if, if you're one of those people out there listening and you go, yeah, you know, every time I look at the clock, it's the same numbers. or there's, you know, there, you kind of, there's all kinds of different ways those things can show up, but those are actually kind of little winks at yourself um, that, hey, you actually are creating all of this, and you're actually you're, you're starting to notice these little synchronicities and these little patterns and these kind of little, uh, if you've seen the movie The Matrix, it's almost like a little glitch in The Matrix. So you're starting to realize there's more to this than just I am a passive participant or observer in this world. And as you kind of get into that and start working with those vibrations, everything starts to show up differently. And then it's like, that's what we in this movement call conscious creation. And you kind of go, whoa, this is powerful stuff.
0: Well, that's that's a great description of the how. How about getting into the why?
1: Sure. Like, well, you mean, <laughs> you mean give me a little more. You mean why what? you would want to create it or why does that happen?
0: Is there an impulse in the universe to have variety? Does does the oh, universe get up. bored?
1: <laughs> um, I think from a universal perspective, I don't know how you could ever be bored. But yes, there is always an impulse. And I, I think that, again, is what um, that feeds into that definition of expansion and ascension. There is this real... Um, it's almost a sense of fun when, when I feel into it, but it's just in going out and experiencing, as from a universal perspective, experiencing yourself in new and limitless ways time and time again. And it's kind of like you have a million probabilities and a million possibilities, and literally every single one of those unlocks another million possibilities and another million probabilities. And so from there, it's literally this this kind of Journey of not just a self-discovery because the self is 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 discovered in that in as much as it is in every moment, but it's also a self-expansion, and so it's just this constant expansive discovery dance that we're all doing, where we're able to go and learn new things and be new things and kind of just basically, yeah, it's 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 all about experiencing new and awesome things. You talk- and some of the things I'm. Some of the things even, you know, that I talked about from my childhood, some of the things don't feel awesome and they don't necessarily always feel expansive. But there's always this amazing, like I said, as you go into one potential and one possibility, it opens up a whole new bracket of potentials and possibilities. And if you can get back to that now moment, you're always able to go, oh, I can see this. I see this little step here. and It's not about plotting out where you're going to be a mile from here, but it's just about taking that next step, and then that next step, and that next step, and before you know it, you've created a whole new path.
0: (laughs) If you've just joined us, we're speaking with Jared Hewitt, and we're talking about some of his books, uh, Love, Life, God, and The Big E, Everything is Energy. Um, How would you go about helping someone else um understand this kind of internalize this sense of ascension
2: mm.
1: i think the best way to understand it is obviously to experience it and i, I there are i'm, I'm actually finding I, I do several different coaching programs throughout the year and i do private sessions with people and i found that particularly in the last several months, what's come up for people, um, everybody gets to this, they have kind of an idea of what balance means, or they have an idea of what love means, and what's been really interesting to me is to watch person after person come in um, who has kind of a template of well, when I'm balanced, that's just this kind of um, state. You know, it's not so I'm not saying that there's anything negative about it, it's just very kind of pleasant, and but almost in a way, withdrawn. And I've started seeing people with the definition of love and that template running come through. Where you know, it's like if you said, "Well, how is everything?" And you go, "Well, great. We love each other. You know, we don't fight anymore." And it, but it, so it's kind of that. It's great because there's an absence of stuff that I don't like. But there's not this active vibration, this active, um, you know, oh man, you know, I just, oh, I can't, I love this person. This, and 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 I'm not even, I don't mean from an attached place either. I just mean from this really this place where you just light up and where you feel really, really magically alive. And so the best way to be able to experience it is to give yourself permission to experience your own feelings and experience um, experience what it is that's actually there. And a lot of people, I've also noticed as they try to, going back to what we were talking about the moment of now, um, there's kind of this idea of, okay, wait, I just had this thought. I don't like that thought. I'm going to kind of not pay attention to that thought. And enough of those build up, and there's that kind of cliché that what you resist persists, and enough of those kind of things that people don't want to look at. And I've, I've had these issues obviously in my own life as well, and it's really cool when you kind of break through it because there comes to this point where there's almost this big fear of what's going to happen if I really allow that thought in or if I allow that fear in, and the truth is you're not allowing it because it's actually already there so it's not up to you like on whatever level your your mind is working at it's kind of like you know sitting with the giant pink elephant in the room and you're all trying desperately not to look at it but that's not doing anything about that elephant that's still sitting in that room the only way to address the elephant is to okay there's an elephant here what do we want to do with this elephant and so i've really been working with people around not And it's not about necessarily, oh, my gosh, I'm afraid of this thing, and in order to get it out, I'm literally going to have to allow this thing into my life and experience this horrible event. It's not about that, but it's about freeing up that space and giving yourself permission to really reclaim all of your space, and then be able to feel the feelings that come with that. Because as you can get on the vibrational sort of roller coaster ride of feelings, you can actually start to direct it so that it's not doing loops or, you know, giant ups and downs. It's just constantly moving up, and you're constantly moving in the direction you want to be going, and it feels good.
0: So isn't the point that because we are incredibly powerful creators, whether it's good feelings or bad feelings... It's really us who are doing yeah. it. We we have yeah. to acknowledge our responsibility for it.
1: Absolutely. Well, and that's the that's the that's the place. That's the biggest place for everyone to start is just acknowledging their own responsibility and acknowledging their own creation, whether it's something they're liking in their life or something it's not. Um, and that's a big one. I mean, I, I definitely know that when I was probably at my most. Unhappy place and physically, you know, horribly ill, and thought maybe I was going to kick it and die pretty soon. If somebody would have said, "Oh yeah, this is just all you, and you're doing this out of your belief systems, and this is your energy, and you know, good job, you're great I would have been like, "What is wrong with you, person? Like that is a horrible <laughs> thing to say to me." And as I as I was able to start working through it, and as I started having these wonderful realizations and really feeling what it felt like to release things, and then seeing how the release of those things. Um, Began formulating in my body and in my world and in my reality, I just kind of went, I'm so glad I have this information because now I know that no matter what's going on, it's me. And I know that I can change that.
0: You know, th- this is a very interesting message that's coming through from from very different sources, from medical doctors, from physiotherapists. Um, several of the people I've interviewed recently talk about healing the body from disease, from cancer, releasing that that things like cancer are actually a function of your sense of powerlessness, of hopelessness.
1: Yeah despair, and, yeah, anger, rage, there's there's a lot despair. of different things like that, So,
0: yeah. And um, what the work seems to involve is number one, recognizing where it's coming from, two, releasing it, and I guess it must be replacing it with a more positive thought. Is is that too simplistic?
1: No, that, <laughs> I love it, because that's that's actually kind of the model that I use. It's, um, and, you know, it's kind of evolved to the point where, you know, people don't even necessarily need to know, but I do find that a lot of times um, people who are really kind of in it at the moment, knowing exactly what it is in the moment of creation, what it is in their memory, where it is in their field that spawned, whatever it is they're feeling, they're able to immediately identify with it. And in that identification, it's almost like, It's kind of this interesting thing happens, and they go, oh, oh, I did do that. Okay, cool, you know, I can get rid of that. As opposed to if you just tell them, well, you know, if you'll feel love and if you'll feel yourself healing, sometimes there's still that desire in them to almost recognize themselves and recognize the power that they have, but also recognize why what's going on in their life is happening. And it's almost this incredibly, not almost it is, it's this incredibly empowering experience of going, wow, I totally see now how I created that. Mm-hmm. And in that in that moment of sort of, wow, this is how powerful I am, it goes, wow, I have another choice to make. I can make this choice, and I can create it just as well. I mean, it's, it, 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 it does sound very simplistic, but that is really how, I mean, everyone I know who has experienced something like that, and, and even myself, when you ask them, well, how did you do it? That's kind of the steps. I identified why I did it. I changed my mind. I felt a different feeling, had a different thought. I kind of reprogrammed myself. And you know, stayed focused, and here I am.
0: And it's not like a light switch. I mean, ascension isn't, you know, click, you're ascended. It's it's a, right. an ongoing process.
1: Yeah, that's... That's why, literally, I, I kind of like the idea of just calling it expansion, because expansion is, well, okay, am I there yet? Well, no, because you, you get there, not that there's a there to get to, but you get to that place that you wanted to go, and in that place, you've, again, activated more potential and more possibility, and in that place, you have more desire. So you span out even to an even greater awareness in a state of being, and in that, there's, oh, well, now I want to do this, and I think there's... There's an interesting thing that comes up um, as well, and I've seen this kind of template running of, well, I don't want to create everything I want because when I get there, I'll be finished. And when I'm finished, you know, that's when I die or that's when I go or there's whatever the belief system is that's running that. And it's, it's just really interesting to watch as that pops up and be able to help people reframe that and, and change that energy within their, themselves to where it goes, no, I create everything I want, and as I create everything I want, I I want more, and so I create more, and I'm always interacting with myself, and I'm always expanding, and I'm always interacting with others and expanding them and expanding me. And you're able to literally have this great sort of dance with the universe as opposed to just kind of sitting there by yourself going, well, I'd like to create, but if I do, then it'll be over. (laughs) It's a whole different experience.
0: I noticed in your book, you have a very interesting relationship with your guides, very, very humorous, give and take. Yeah. And um,
1: even you. It's so serious it scared me. So I think that humor had to be injected.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But even you, um, you know, keep on forgetting and backsliding. And they they give you this little catchphrase to say, um, I am self-love to pull yourself back into some state. Can you explain that?
1: Sure, yeah. <laughs> I like that you said, because you, you did kind of call me out there. I, I, I talk about that very openly in the book. I, there was a lot of backsliding, and there was kind of a lot of even, as the information would come up, Um, you know, I might do something and immediately get a great result. And then I'd be like, well, okay, I'm not going to do that again. (laughs) And it would be like, well, that was weird, but now I'm scared of it, and that was kind of a weird thing, and it doesn't fit in my paradigm. And so there was lots of stories I needed to release in order to allow this kind of new world into exist. And the world had already existed. It was just my own sort of um, acknowledgement and experience out of it. Excuse me. And – As that went on, yeah, there were some backsliding moments, and what I was kind of told is, you know, here, here's, it's all about loving the self, and I don't mean that in sort of the, the, yeah. I had somebody there, they say, well, that sounds like a very hedonistic kind of, uh, no morality. They were kind of on like a little high horse, and I had to say, no, no, I don't mean it like that. That's kind of taking it from an ego stance, and when I say self, if, if it helps you capitalize the S, self, source, love, divine, it's all the same thing. Divine love, self love, and in that state, there are no. You know, you don't want to hurt anybody else. You don't want to violate. There is no violation because those things aren't things that come up to exist. They're just not in that space. And so when I say self-love, it's that point of I love myself, I accept myself, I recognize myself for my divine nature that I am, I recognize all that is good, and I also recognize that, you know, I may slide every now and then, I may slip up every now and then, but I love myself enough not to allow that to create a new story in me of suffering or of futility or of anything else, I love myself enough to come back to that blank page and to come to that place in source where I just go, it's all okay. Everything is, is exactly as it is. It's all good. It's all God. It's all source. It's all love. I know everybody has a different word for it. And it just goes, yeah, that's the place I'm going to come back to all the time. And from that place, I can stay out of reaction and I can stay in action and I can stay out of recreation and I can stay in creation. And literally kind of what it was explained to me, and I didn't really – recognize at the time that it's also uh, you know the I am principle um, and I thought oh, well that's kind of neat this has been around for a long time but I'm just kind of discovering it you know through this way but it was just the idea that as you say I am whatever you're just kind of it's giving a conscious invocation to the universe where it's like you pop into your hologram and it's literally you're to start reprogramming you I am okay what am I today I am Ooh, self-love. Okay, well, what does self-love mean to me? Oh, well, that's a place of no limitation and total love from the universe and support. Ooh, okay, let's beam that down. Ooh, there goes your hologram. There goes your world starting to shift. So it's just a place to, it's kind of a little mantra, but it's just a place to literally give yourself the ability to consciously direct your thoughts and consciously direct your energy into that space. mm
0: you have a lot of uh, biblical references in your book. Um, did I understand correctly that you studied theology at what point?
1: Uh, I did, yeah. Yeah, quite a bit. I actually, um, are you talking about the Gospel of You? Is that the book that uh-huh. you Be a lot? Yeah. Um, that was, I did, and that book was something I wanted to write just because as I started living this, I kind of went, oh, there was actually some truth in a lot of the old, even some of the more esoteric writings and of other religions as well. And I kind of wanted to go through and take my own journey on reclaiming that power. And really, it was kind of an ability to reclaim the word God for myself, because for a long time, I had kind of a negative charge around that. If somebody wanted to say source or universe, I could get on board and I could feel the love. But if somebody said God, I immediately went back to that kind of Old Testament, um, Southern Baptist, you know, hell and fire and brimstone kind of place. And I went, I think you
0: have a lot of company there.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and that was really why I wrote that book, because I, I started noticing that not only did I have that reaction, but other people had that reaction. And in, in having that reaction, there was still a part of creation, and if you want to call it the God self or whatever that experience is to, to you individually, there was still a lot of power almost in a place that was other, you know? there was We were kind of still giving power away to something else. And to me, it was like, well, no, why, why does somebody else get to claim and define this word? And and literally, why am I giving my power away to that? And it was like, no, I'm going to reclaim this, and so I'm going to go on a journey where I'm going to reveal to myself where, where the truth really lies in that and how it was maybe distorted or how it was just understood by a consciousness that wasn't, you know, consciousness is always evolving. And, um, you know, obviously, I think I say this in the book, if you would have, you know, because I, I was watching Back to the Future, and I went, oh, what a great metaphor. You know, if you drive a DeLorean back into the year 300 B.C., um, people are going to be throwing rocks and not know what kind of demon this metal, you know, beast is. Uh, so consciousness evolves, and so understanding evolves. And so I, I think when I was able to really kind of look at um, all religion as simply just an evolution of consciousness, um, it suddenly gave me this place of almost tenderness towards it where I went, oh, well, of course, of course people would think that. And, and it was just it was just this kind of interesting place where suddenly all of that kind of – where there may have been some anger or animosity, even that I didn't even know maybe still existed, um, all of that stuff kind of balanced, and it was suddenly like, "Wow, no, I, I'm able to really love everybody," which you know, it was it was this whole new perspective for me.
0: Well, I think your guides uh, kept on calling you out on. Oh, well, I got called out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Every, and
1: I did not. I... I actually did not want to write that book because I literally, even though even where I was in the place of understanding the universe and understanding the sort of divine and the cosmos, I still had a lot of kind of judgment and maybe even a little resentment going back to those childhood days around certain aspects of religion. And I definitely got called out several times. And I was really surprised after I'd done this kind of great research over all of these different historical events. And and I, I sort of presented it in this great you know, sort of looking back, it was kind of this boastful, egotistical way. And, you know, and I said, yes, and this is really what it's all about. And my guide said, yes, and you—you you, would you like to really know what that is? And I said, absolutely, what is it? And I was ready, you know, to hear this great source message of it's, you know, people and ego and dumbness and blah, blah, blah. And they just said, it's your own judgment. And I just about crumpled and went, oh,
0: wow. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a very powerful point because they're. Yeah they're actually looking with great compassion at yeah. every form of religion because it's this yearning of, in the human heart to connect with source.
1: Oh, I know, I, uh, you choked me up again. When I when I was able to look at it from that perspective, I mean again, that just made so much sense to me. It was like, oh, well, of course everybody's looking for everybody's looking for that connection to themselves, everybody's looking for that connection to the universe. Of course, course that would happen and then I mean and you can it's I don't I I won't get political but even if I, I said to somebody that I said all politics are people grown men standing up yelling I love me love me love me and they don't you know they they all phrase it different ways and everybody's got different stuff going on and even when they're yelling at each other what's really going on is love me love me love me and they're not even so much screaming that to other people as they're screaming that to themselves and when I was able to take that approach with religion I just went yeah of course that's what's going on and then you know fear comes into play, and all of these other things come into play that kind of lock certain ideas up, and, and as you kind of look over the history of religion, but when you can look at it as just, that's, that's, that's consciousness trying to find itself, and trying to find a way to God, and you know, it's kind of like, oh, I, I get that, and it just kind of, like I said, all of that kind of Anger and all of that kind of even I, I didn't even recognize it as anger because again I was coming from where I thought was a very loving, highly ascended you know look at the universe, and but there was still some stuff there and when it was it was just like wow that was really really powerful.
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. You you talk about a lot, or you, they, y'all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Talk a lot about I am. The whole notion of I am. And I was reflecting um, because in the, 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 the original quote from Moses uh, encountering God on Mount Sinai. Oh, yeah. the, the translation uh, uh, is not I am that I am, but I will be that which i will be yeah Yeah. wow and that that's the essence of expansion
1: yeah yeah Yeah, it's that literally that in in that connotation in that context i will be that which i will be is i will be that which i set out to experience i will be that which i give direction to i will be that i mean it's kind of like if you want to go back in the beginning was the word and the word was god and the word was with god i will be that which i say i am i will be that which i put into motion well how looking at that how does that relate back to the self? I will be that which I decide to be. I will be that. You know, I, there's the the old uh, Socratic, I think, therefore I am kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you are, therefore you are, so what will you be? And what you will be is up to you. And when people start to realize, wow, I have, you know, if you're if you're, if everybody has an example where they're talking to someone and somebody says, well, I can't do that. Well, why can't you do that? Well, I just can't. That's not, you know, and, and, and when you get down to it, sometimes there's not really a reason. There's just, well, I have all of these beliefs, and the conclusion that I've drawn from all of those beliefs is I cannot go experience this one thing. And we all have those places in our lives where, you know, we have kind of almost boundaries. And it's like, well, I, I'm not going to cross that. But when you actually start to question those belief systems and you start to question why you're not doing certain things or, or why you believe the way you do even about money or relationships or love, you realize, wow, there's – it starts to look like, wow, there's a little self-imposed stuff here. And then as you get into it, wow, there's a lot of self-imposed stuff here. And as you really expand into it, you go, oh, it's all (laughs) self-imposed, which goes back to that place. I will be that which I will be. So what will you be?
0: I am sounds like, you know, putting a stake in the ground, whereas I will be (laughs) is this expansiveness. I remember reading uh, years ago a book called Handbook for a New Paradigm, and he says, this is the only prayer you will need. I am a human becoming, not a human being. A human becoming, help yeah. me to become.
2: I love that,
1: and and I would add to that. There's there's an interesting um, there's an interesting thing that that I've seen happen with some people. So that's why I'll bring this up, where if they get really locked into that becoming part, because yeah, it, it's like the idea that if you're looking for perfection, if you're looking for that perfect moment. Um, I, I used this example yesterday. There's somebody that was talking about they want to move, and they've wanted to move. And I said, well, how long have you been in that place and wanting to move? Oh, I've been wanting to move for about 10 years, but it's just, you know, I'm waiting for this or this or this. And I said, okay, what if I told you? I said, I'll give you a really easy example. I'm not going to move until the temperature outside is 98.724987224 degrees. And he kind of laughed and said, well, that's kind of silly. And I said, well, that's really what you're doing. <laughs> you're setting up this ultra-specific thing that you know you maybe have a one in a thousand chance of hitting to keep you from really doing it. And and where I'm going with that with the becoming is, I've seen some people get so into, well, I don't want the definition, I don't want the experience, just let me become, that they never actually allow themselves to be in that moment ever-changing. And I think when you can marry the two so that the definition is I am and I am becoming, you give yourself permission to not only be in the moment, but mm-hmm. to also change the moment in every moment.
2: Mm-hmm. I know
1: that's kind of a it's, it's semantical but I've noticed that people, um, if they get too hung up on uh, I will become, they stop to remember that they actually are right now in the moment.
0: That is an excellent point. Yeah. and And it is it is something that we are all guilty of. We're thinking, oh, I have to build something for tomorrow. I'm, I'm willing to accept present pain in order to experience some kind of future of ease and yeah. grace.
1: What's the present forget pain? Forget
0: to live. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I see a lot. Of, I actually, there's, <laughs> that, that's the t-shirt I saw. I was, uh, I was back home over the 4th of July and visiting some friends and their kids. And we went out for fireworks and there was all these t-shirts with people. And I don't even know that they were religious t-shirts. I think, you know, there was like a workout camp going on in that area, but it was um, present pain for future gain. And uh, while I, while I got the gist of it, you know, it was kind of like, well, if you realize that wherever you're at now, that's kind of where you're sending out to the universe. Like it's, You literally can just, and I'm not saying, you know, I I understand that people are where they're at and that there needs to be that impetus for movement. But even in, you know, while I was laying in bed with monitors strapped to my chest, um, there was a part of me that knew, okay, well, I know I don't want to be here and, yes, this this is not pleasant. Well, what do I want to feel? And that's what I always tell people. Well, wherever you're at, start to feel, you know, I, I talk about with money. People don't like money because we all have this addiction to green paper. You know, it's just green paper. We want money because, oh, it'll get me stuff. Well, we want stuff because, oh, that will bring me a feeling. Well, what's the feeling that you're wanting to get? If you can sort of bypass all of the um, little things that we think we need to do to get that feeling and just start feeling that feeling and really um, being enveloped by it and broadcasting it out, That's like I said at the beginning of the call, that's like turning on that light switch and the universe goes, oh, this is what he wants. Send that. And you can literally just by sort of vibrating in the end result, you begin to create the steps that that create the end result. And it's kind of like, oh, that was much easier than having to toil and suffer and uh, go unconscious for a few years to create this thing that I wanted. So... This is a little little helpful hint for anybody listening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of listening, um, you are listening to New Consciousness Review, and we're chatting with Jared Hewitt about um, every how every, everything is energy. So, <laughs> how, a small topic. Small topic. <laughs> how did how did everything is energy transform your life, Jared?
1: Well, realizing, first of all, that it gave me the realization that, oh, well, if it's just energy, well, okay, so what, is, what does that mean? Who, if it's just, if it just is and there's no direction, who gives the direction? Oh, I give a direction. Well, if I give a direction, what about these people that told me, that oh, I'm, I'm taking their direction and then feeding that through to my own energy? Oh, okay, so if I can stop that, wow, what does that mean? Wow, I'm able to change this belief system. And, wow, suddenly I kind of re- I have this awakening where I go, oh, that doesn't that's not my truth, and why have I been living this way? And suddenly I feel oh, uh, I, I don't feel well right now. Why do I not feel well? What is this related to? Oh, my gosh, I totally know where this thought or this belief or whatever started shutting down in myself that took away my power, and now I'm physically manifesting that as a reminder to myself that, hey, over here could use some attention. So what if I, what if I change that? How does that start to, oh, that affects my life. Oh, now things start to appear different. Oh, now I feel differently. Oh, wow. It was literally, it was kind of the understanding, of kind of the through line of the universe And it was a way to really not only reclaim my power, but to just reclaim myself and Mm -hmm. reclaim that authentic source loving consciousness where I knew everything was okay. I used to have debilitating anxiety. I I, I think I talked about this in the second book. Um, There was a point in my very early 20s, maybe even late teens because I was still in college, where uh, I had gone someplace for the summer just for a weekend about three-and-a-half hours of a drive. I ended up staying there for almost a month because I was too afraid to get back in my car and drive. I was convinced you know the tree was gonna fall or you know I was gonna have an accident. I just had this horrible crippling anxiety Um, And I didn't know what that was coming from. And and as I kind of went, oh, well, wait, I was kind of – I kind of traced it back, and I went, well, okay, growing up, I was taught that, you know, like I would probably be raptured before I got through high school and at a moment's notice. (laughs) And you're uh, still here. Right. And so I was having all of this – it was really all of my stuff coming to a head, going, wait, how come all of these things I was told about life aren't happening? And wait, uh, it's supposed to be really bad, but when I look outside, it looks really good. I don't know what's going on. And it was sort of this place of, okay, well, would you like to stay in that place or would you like to become empowered and walk out into it and face your fear? And so it was a whole awakening process in me, but it was knowing that knowing that everything is energy really helped me understand belief systems and the way the world works and why the world works that way and how people think and how why they think that way. Um, it just really was kind of this... It was almost like taking off a belt that was like four sizes too small. I just felt like at a spiritual level I could suddenly breathe again, and everything Mm -hmm. felt okay. Um, So, I mean, that's kind of all deep things to say about such a simple phrase. Um, And even in the big E, everything is energy, we use it in such simple ways that you realize, oh, this is what I'm doing every day, and this is why I'm creating it. But to me it was just this incredibly freeing and liberating fact where I, I just saw the world in a whole new way for the first time. I saw myself in a whole new way.
0: What do you do in your workshops? How how do you actually convey this to others?
1: Um <laughs> I I do a lot. <laughs> um part of it uh some of what I do is quantum healing. Some of what I do is uh I do some hands on things. I, I do, you know, distance healing or Reiki. Um I also do I, I would call it field work, but I, I have this ability where um it's almost like stepping outside of the body, but I, to me it doesn't feel like stepping outside. It really feels like stepping inside. You're stepping into that greater uh, unity, energy, and consciousness. And you can kind of pull people up and literally see. It's like um, people are really amazed. I, I used to do a session with me used to be 50 minutes, and then I've moved them down to a half hour. And People go, well, that's, that's pretty quick. And I say, well, have the session. And literally inside of two minutes, um, always inside of five minutes, we've gone through your whole life, and people are going, how do you know all of this about me? And it's literally... I literally can step into that place and just kind of, it's almost like, um, it, 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 the picture I get is kind of a little different than this image, but it's almost like a map that goes up on the wall and it's like, I get all of the big points and all of the places where all of the big things were created and all of the sort of shocking events that latched into your system that created, you know, whatever the belief systems are. And literally I can go right to what the belief is and people are, it's kind of amazing to them. And so through that, um, you know, I, I'll get permission from them, but I also, I always ask people to do it with me, to invoke that state of I am divine love, I am self-love, um, and then, you know, we'll just kind of go through and start
2: removing their energy.
1: And so it's kind of, it's, there's not really a catch-all for it, yet everything has the overall feel of moving into your field, moving into your body, moving out all of that junk, and really helping you um, get back to that state of empowered awareness where then you're able to go and create everything that you're able to create. <laughs>
0: And would you say that reading um, a, a one of your books or any of your books would help people get there?
1: Yeah, I, I would say if you're just starting out, um, which you, if you're just starting out, <laughs> you may not have found the Awakening Zone yet. But if you're just starting out, the biggie is great because it literally, you just look at things like, well, that's just the way it is. Things that people say all the time, and it's a really one or two page, there's about 130 of them, one or two page humorous look at what that creates in your energy field and what that creates in your life and how changing that belief can change your life. But if you really want to get into the vibration and almost kind of the, the coding and almost that, that heavy energy, if you've ever experienced that, where you pick up a book and it like it has such a resonance with you um, that you literally feel yourself expanding before you've even looked at it, just mm-hmm. from kind of the knowingness of what's to occur and unfold, I would say Love, Life, God, The Journey of Creation is definitely the book for you.
0: Mm-hmm. And what's your website, Jared? It's
1: www.jaredhewitt.com, and it's J-A-R-R-A-D-H-E-W-E-T-T.com. And there's actually, um, if people are interested in it, uh, if you go to jaredhewitt.com forward slash special, um, I actually came up with, because I, I kept getting asked questions about Ascension, and people kind of had these ideas about Ascension, and I thought, well, you know, what could I really help people learn about Ascension, and what could I help them experience put together a whole bunch of audio um kind of a healing walkthrough there's kind of i wouldn't call it reiki but it works very much like reiki i work with some channeled symbols and sort of light instruments and things like that um so there's all kinds of programs in there that you can check out it's kind of like a little online store uh, if people are interested in experiencing some of my work um but they just kind of want to test it out and they don't want to you know jump in fully until they kind of have a better understanding they can check out check it all out there as well
0: great well, I'm afraid we have to wrap up because wow. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> uh, so it's a great hour. <laughs> anyway, we have been speaking with Jared Hewitt, author of Love, Life, God, and the Big E. And Jared, I want to thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure.
0: <laughs> Goodbye. Next week, our guest will be the amazing Clarissa Pinkola Estes, author of Women Who Run With Wolves and Untie the Strong Woman, Blessed Mother's Immaculate Love for the Wild Soul. This will be a live show, so if you have questions for Dr. E, be sure to tune in next Tuesday, September 18th at 9 a.m. Pacific on ctrhotspot.com or on KWRM 106.9 FM if you're in the Seattle area. So we're going to close the show with our track of the week by Donna Michael, Possibility. was Possibility by Donna Michael. Also highly regarded as a motivational speaker and teacher, Donna combines her refreshingly unique music with a heartfelt keynote message to offer grace notes, encouraging self-empowering presentations of hope, inspiration, joy, and possibility. You can learn more about Donna on her website, DonnaMichael.com. Don is a member of the Positive Music Association, a growing group of musicians who use music not only to entertain, but to create a positive change in people's lives and in the world. You can learn more about the PMA at positivemusicassociation.com. You can now download our mobile app and listen to all the interviews from NCR Radio. You'll find the link on our website at ncreview.com, where you can just scan the QR code right to your iPhone or Android. As a bonus, the app has two other tabs for the latest books and videos on our site. If you enjoy the show, I hope you'll join our free community of creative thinkers and inspiring authors at ncreview.com. Our website is a great resource for books and films, that are inspirational and informative, and a great place to connect with like-minded spirits. If you have any comments on the show, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email to miriam at ncreview.com or leave a message on our Facebook page, facebook.com ncreview. So that wraps it up for this week. Until next week, I'm Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.
1: What color is your personality? Red, orange, yellow, or green? Now at WrightBurger.com, Dr. Carol Reitberger, an international leader in the field of personality psychology, brings you everything you need to know about your personality. With Carol's innovative insights and personality assessment, you can finally live the life you desire. Create more satisfying relationships enjoy better health and much more so act now discover your personality color and find out about the personality colors of the people in your life all at rightburger.com what you learn will change your life forever